2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1, Therefore, seeing we have received this, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not. And then in verse 16, For which cause we faint not. But though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Let us pray. Our Father, we are thankful for the Word of God. Thank you, Lord, for the songs of praise tonight. And I pray, dear Lord, as we've come to study the Word of God together, that you would teach us the things that we need to know that we might better serve you. Lord, encourage our heart tonight and minister to every need. Speak to my own heart, O God, and I pray you'd use this unworthy servant for your glory. May I just be a vessel that you could fill and use. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to bring you a message tonight on the subject, Why We Can't Faint, or Why We Can't Quit. Simply what he's talking about here. And he said here, the, Paul said, We have received this ministry and he says, we faint not. And uh, verse 16 says uh, uh, that we faint not. Uh, outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Well, the apostle Paul knew what it was to have folks quit. Anybody that's ever been in the ministry knows the same thing. It's one of the hardest things that I've had to try to deal with is why in the world people quit serving God. And yet it's happened over the years, and uh, I've, I've seen it happen to people I would never have believed it had happened to. And I know it is only by the grace of God that anybody stands, anybody makes it. And these 26-plus years that I've been pastoring, uh, you know, I know it's just by the grace of God. Well, in 2 Timothy 4.10, he says, But Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. Well, he got his eyes off of Jesus, and he got his eyes on the world, and he forsook Paul and his companion there. And then in Luke 10, 2, the Lord Jesus said, The harvest truly is great, but the labor is a few. And in John there, it said, From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. So even Jesus had people quit, and the apostles, and Paul there, had people that quit but God doesn't want us to quit and uh, there's no place to quit we're too near the finish line to quit now I'm reminded of the story that I've given you before but it enters my mind so I'll give it again tonight this uh, uh, particular uh, race marathon race I can't remember exactly where it's run now but uh, it's uh, a long race a number of miles I'm always amazed at how how a person can run for 25 or 30 miles. That's hard for me to comprehend. I might run 25 or 30 feet, but, uh, but uh, they run all these miles. It takes a lot of conditioning. But uh, this particular race, uh, the, the unique thing about it is right before the finish line, they say there's a hill, a long sloping hill that they have to go up. And you can imagine after all those miles of running, that they're tired and they want to quit and they come to that hill, but said there's one thing that keeps them going because they know 
just beyond that hill is the finish line. Boy, I like that story. And, uh, you know, just beyond the, the last hill is the finish line. I believe the finish line's real close right now. And if you're going to quit, you ought to quit way back. Don't quit now. Uh, we're almost there. We're right to the finish line. And it's just, uh, just a, a few more battles and a few more hills out ahead of us. But there's some reasons why we should not quit. And first of all is that we've been purchased with too great a price. Now, uh, we're not to quit because God paid a tremendous price to save us. He gave his life. He gave his blood. He paid a tremendous price on the cross that you and I could be saved and that we could serve him. And we shouldn't quit because we've been purchased with too great a price. Acts 20, 28 says, Feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. Now this is an uh, advice to, uh, to preachers. Feed the church of God. Because Jesus paid with his life. You know, when I consider the price that I might have to pay to serve God, it is very small when I consider the price that Jesus paid. He said, I gave my life. I shed my blood. I bought the church at the price of my blood. Now, I want you to feed it. And that's the least I could do, you know, after what he's done. Then in 1 Peter 1, he says, For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things of silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. And so we've been purchased by the blood of Jesus. And for me to quit is uh, really uh, an attack on the price that he paid. Then there's a second reason that we should not quit. And that is there's too many people looking at our life. Now, the Bible said no man lives to himself and no man dies to himself. We influence other people whether we want to or not. I've had people tell me, well, it's my own life. I'm hurting no one but myself. That's just not true. It's impossible to do that. It's impossible to live without affecting others. And that's a tragedy about being lost. If a man's lost, he'll cause others to be lost. If a man's saved, he'll probably influence others to be saved. If I backslide on God and bring dishonor to Jesus Christ, not only will it affect me and my rewards, but it will hinder others as well. And I have to consider more than myself. When I think about quitting, and I've been tempted to quit, uh, you know... Uh, uh, the battle sometimes gets, uh, gets tough. And uh, the devil says, why don't you quit? But I realize that there's more at stake than my own interest at the time, which certainly would be out of the will of God. But uh, other people are affected by it. Now, Hebrews 12, 1 says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with a greater cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. He's simply saying, don't you quit. Why? Because there's people looking at your life and the witnesses I believe he's referring to there 
are the great cloud of witnesses described in Hebrews chapter 11. And I believe that they're with the Lord now, and they're pulling for me. And if I quit, then I'll let them down, and I'll disappoint them. And I think of the price that they paid. I think of he gives a great list there, and, and uh, Joseph, and, and the price Joseph paid, Daniel, and what he had to go through, and, and uh, various ones mentioned in that chapter. And he talks about they were sown asunder, means they put them, the early Christians, they put them in hollow logs and sold the logs in two. And I think of the price that they paid to give me the word of God and to give me the gospel and then think that I will be tempted to quit and disappoint them and disappoint those that have gone on before me and disappoint those that I've seen saved and are now with the Lord and those that I've been able to see saved and still serving God and to bring dishonor to them and disappointment in their lives. We should not quit because if we quit, we'll affect others and maybe cause others to quit as well. There's too many looking in their life. And then thirdly, if we quit, we'll lose rewards. We'll lose rewards. I'm glad you can't lose your salvation. Salvation's eternal. Salvation's in Christ. And that's why it's eternal and why you can know you're saved. You can never be lost if you're saved. But you sure can lose your rewards. You can lose your joy. You can lose your fellowship. And uh, I don't want to lose any of these things. 1 Corinthians 3, 14 and 15. If any man's work abide which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. But he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Now the Bible said you can lose something. He shall suffer loss. Again, it's not talking about salvation because that cannot be lost. But he's talking about rewards. He said if you work abide, then you'll receive a reward. If your works burn, then you'll suffer loss. And I want that reward that God has for me there. We ought to have a desire to get a full reward. The Bible talks about let no man beguile you of your reward. And he talks about the full reward and having a, a complete reward. You know, I believe you can serve God. I believe a man can serve God for years and build up a reward and then throw it all away and lose it. You can't lose something you don't have, can you? If I don't have anything, can I lose it? I have uh, a billfold here. Now I can lose that. But if I, I thought I'd lost it. We, we had uh, adult two get together. And I thought I'd lost it then. I, I drove the van over to Asheville there, and we had a meal together. Uh, and uh, uh, when it started to leave, I, I felt for my, my pocketbook there, and it was, wasn't there. And I thought I had lost it. Well, I had really just misplaced it. I guess I'd temporarily lost it. I'd left it at home. And... Uh, 
hadn't bothered to put it in there. Now, uh, you know, I thought I'd lost it, but I didn't have it with me to lose. I'd, I simply hadn't taken it with me. And so a person can lose their reward. You can lose it. You can throw it away. And I don't want to quit. I've been serving God, trying to preach and pastor and serve Him 26 years plus now. You think I want to throw all that away, throw that down the drain, throw it all away, and it count for nothing? No. I can't quit. Because if I quit, I lose my reward. God said the works will be burned. So, I don't want to quit because I want my reward. And I realize everything I've got here, and I've got a lot more than I deserve, a lot more than I need. And I thank God for it. And I appreciate the Lord. But I realize that everything I've got, I've got to give up. I can't take it with me. I've got to say goodbye to it. And I don't want my affection on those things. The Bible said, set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. And we need to get our affection right and our priorities right so we can lose our reward. Then, a fourth thing is, why we can't quit is because Jesus is praying for me. Jesus, do you realize that? Listen to John 17, 20. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. When the Lord prayed that prayer in John 17, He said, I'm not just praying for these disciples, but I'm praying for Dean Silver down the road that will get saved. I'm praying for him too. Think of that. I think of when Jesus told Peter there, he said, before the cock crow, you'll deny me three times that you even know me. He said, though all men will forsake you, I'll not do it. I'll go either to prison and to death. I'll never deny you. He said, oh, but you will. But he said, I've prayed for you, Peter. I've prayed for you. That your faith fell not when thy converted strengthened the brethren. And old Peter, I'll tell you, when he realized that he'd sinned and he had done exactly what he said he'd never do, and the Lord turned and looked at him. Peter, Peter remembered the word of the Lord, and he broke his heart, and he remembered that Jesus was praying for him. And he prays. I believe he still prays for us, don't you? Sure he does. You say, how do you know that? Because the Bible said there is one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. He's our mediator. And in, in uh, 1 John 2, he said, Little children, these things write unto you that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. We have someone pleading our case. We have someone praying for us pleading our calls before the throne of God. And I don't want to quit because if I quit, I'll disappoint Jesus. And I don't want to disappoint Him. Then fifthly, if we quit, we bring shame on the Lord. We bring shame on Jesus Christ. That kind of goes along what's already been said there. We bring shame to the Lord. And... Uh, uh, the Bible talks about in Hebrews 6 if a person could lose their salvation. didn't say they did lose their salvation, if that was possible. 
then they would crucify themselves, the Son of God afresh, and bring him to an open shame. Jesus Christ was crucified naked on a cross. A shameful death. He had to die in our place. And there he died in shame and disgrace and dishonor with our sin upon him. And I'll tell you, if I quit, I bring shame on Jesus Christ because I've lifted his name up and I've proclaimed his name and a person, the Bible said, let everyone the name of the name of Christ depart from iniquity. We say, I'm a Christian. I belong to Christ. I know people right now. I know people that used to come to this church, stand up in this church and give a testimony that they were a child of God, that they belonged to Jesus Christ. They loved Jesus Christ. And most people quit. And they're not even in church tonight. They're not even serving God. And they're bringing shame on the name of Jesus Christ. And that has an influence on a lost community. Oh, yeah, I remember this. I remember so-and-so. Didn't they used to go to your church? They said they were saved and said, why, well, they could out-cuss a seller now. I'm afraid many times a person never got saved. That may be the problem. And if they are saved, they're certainly out of the will of God very much so. But think of the shame that's brought on Jesus Christ. And I wonder if people, when they, when they quit, I wonder if they think about the effect and the disgrace and the shame that it brings on Christ. Many people quit because they get their feelings hurt. What are my feelings, what, what are my feelings to, to the honor of Jesus Christ? My feelings should not be a, a, even a concern. So what? I get my feelings hurt. What about the name of Jesus Christ? Of bringing shame to him. I don't want to quit, do you? Then if we quit, we break God's heart. You know, sometimes I think we, uh, we have the idea that God doesn't have any feelings, but he does. The Bible said in Hebrews 4, 15, We have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. And uh, he, he is touched. And he wept over Jerusalem there when they rejected him. Does God have feelings? Yes. Does God have, uh, we studied on Wednesday night, that God has a body, God has a uh, he has a spirit body, not a physical body, as we know. He has a spirit body, but it is a body with arms and feet and legs and eyes and ears and so forth. God has a body. God has a spirit. God has a soul and all. And we have a real God. We have a God that's real tonight. Man was made in the image and the likeness of God. God is real, just as we're real tonight with real, real emotions. God is touched. I wonder if Jesus weeps now when he sees the condition of our world. I wonder if Jesus weeps when he sees the unconcern of church people. I wonder if he still weeps. I kind of think he does.
But if I quit, I disappoint Jesus most of all. I not only disappoint people, but have confidence in me. And you disappoint people, but have confidence in you. But you disappoint Jesus Christ most of all. Then seventhly, if I quit, I'll be chastened of the Lord. The Bible teaches in Hebrews 12, 6, For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. And he says, If you be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are you bastards and not sons. If a person is saved, if a person can sin and rebel without chastening, they're lost. They've never been saved. That's what the Scriptures teach. God deals with his own. I was a rebel at heart when I grew up. But there's one thing that kind of kept me, made me think twice about rebelling, and that was that hickory tea. You know what hickory tea is? That's when you think your daddy's forgot about it. You've got by this time. You go jump in the bed. And about the time you think he has forgotten, he comes in and turns the cover down with a switch, that hickory that'll, you know, you can wrap it around and around. It won't ever break. <laughs> hickory tea. I was afraid of that. And so when I was tempted to do wrong, I thought twice, although sometimes I didn't. I remember me and my brothers fighting, which we did pretty regularly. <laughs> and since he was older than I was and bigger than I was at the time, I resorted. He could whip me, you know, with his fist, but I liked to rock and throw rocks pretty good. <laughs> Shouldn't give these kids these ideas. And so uh, he has a beating up on me. And I picked me up a rock and I was going to even it up, you know, make it a little more even. And he, he saw I had a rock, so he took off running. And I let go of the rock and he ducked, and the rock didn't hit him, but it went through a window in the house. Well, that's been a long, long time ago. Wonder why I remember that. <laughs> I remember that so well because I remember the price I had to pay for that. Chastisement. God will chasten you on me. I fear the Lord. And I don't want to quit because I don't want God to have to get the hickory tea after me. I don't want God to have to beat up on me, you know. I don't want to be chastened. And if we quit, the Lord's going to chastise us. Mark it down. You can't quit and escape the dealing of God. That just don't happen. People say, I'm saved. And they quit church. And they quit the Bible. And they quit serving God. And they go on for years. No chastisement. That person, according to the word of God, has never been saved. Mark it down. They are not saved. Because 
God will definitely deal with you if you're saved. And I like that. I'm glad God won't let me by. He deals with me. He chastens me. My dad did that because I was his son. And he was trying to get a hold of that rebellion. At the time, I, did, I thought he was wrong and I was right. We'll be chastened. Number eight, if we quit, we'll lose power. We'll lose our power with God. First Samuel 16, 14, the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul and an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. He lost the spirit of the Lord. It departed from Saul. Now in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit did not come and indwell men forever as he does now. And that's why David said in Psalm 51, 11, Cast me not away from thy presence, take not thy Holy Spirit from me. He was praying correctly. He wasn't, he wasn't talking about he, he lost it, praying to God he wouldn't lose his salvation. Some say Saul had it and he lost it. And uh, that's a, a controversial subject, uh, you know, whether Saul was ever saved. I'm not going to get into all that tonight. That's not the message I'm preaching on. But anyway, he, he had the Spirit and God took the Spirit away from him. We know that for sure. And David praised the Lord to not do that to him as he'd done to Saul. Now the Lord will never take the Holy Spirit away from you. You say, how do you, we know that? Because John said he would abide with us forever. And the Spirit of God will never leave you. That's why you can't ever be lost. You think a lost man would still have the Holy Spirit living in him? I don't think so. And so... Uh, we, we, have, we have the Holy Spirit, but we can lose the power of the Holy Spirit. I can't lose the Spirit of God, or maybe I should say the Holy Spirit can't lose me, but I certainly can lose His power. I can lose His power. And I don't want to do that. And if I quit, I lose power of my testimony for God and you do too you lose some power you can't quit and not, not pay the price if you quit you lose your power then number nine you say how many points this message got it's got a bunch number nine if we quit we satisfy the devil and I don't like the devil I remember one preacher used to say, he said, if you see the devil before I do, you tell him I don't have any use for him. <laughs> Satisfy the devil. Don't you know the devil sits back and, and really enjoys seeing people quit? If a person quits, they don't satisfy nobody but the devil. Quit serving God. You want to do that? Make the devil happy. He likes that. Now the Bible said in 1 Peter 5, 8, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. He said we're to deal with the devil as we would deal with a roaring lion. We need to be expecting him. And I don't want to satisfy him. 1 Timothy 5, 15, For some already turned aside after Satan. Paul writing there to Timothy, he said, some have turned aside after the devil.
I've seen great preachers fall. Good a preacher as I ever heard preach. Not very long ago, fell into sin. I couldn't believe it. But it was true. Whether I wanted to believe it or not, it was true. I didn't want to believe it. Don't you know the devil sits back and laughs and enjoys that? I got a big one this time. I got a big, big fish. I got a big fella. I got him. I caused him to fall. And he laughs. You want to satisfy the devil? Quit. That'll satisfy him. That pleases him. Then I've mentioned this already, but if we quit, we discourage the brethren. John 21, 3, Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a fishing. They say unto him, we, go, we also go with thee. This is after the, uh, the uh, uh, resurrection of Christ there, the crucifixion of Christ. He said, I'm going fishing. Others said, we'll go too. You see, we influence others, don't we? If you quit, you discourage others. And that's the tragedy about someone quit. Usually if someone quits, they cause others to quit. They influence others, and others quit. And if we quit, we discourage other people from serving God. If we serve God, we can encourage other people to serve God. Fight the battle. Stay with it. Don't discourage the brethren. And you know the story there in John 21, a very wonderful story, how, how that uh, the Lord Jesus Gave them a great lesson there, fishing for men. Then we oughtn't to quit because we love Jesus. In 2 Corinthians 5, 14, for the love of Christ constraineth us. And I, I want to emphasize this more than any other thing I've said tonight. If you're not serving Jesus, if you're not serving God because you love Jesus, sooner or later you will quit. If you don't hear nothing else that I say tonight, if you're not motivated by love for Jesus Christ, sooner or later, you will quit. Now, I can say that from experience over the years. The Bible said the love of Christ constraineth us. That's in 2 Corinthians 5, 14. The love of Christ constraineth us. Paul, why do you keep preaching? You've been thrown in jail. You've been run out of town. You've been stoned. You've been shipwrecked. You've been beaten. Why don't you quit? Probably the devil said, everybody hates you. Nobody likes you. Nobody wants to hear nothing you've got to say. He'd go in those synagogues and he'd, he'd, uh, they, he'd start preaching about Jesus and they'd, they'd run him out. Get out of here preaching that false prophet. Get out. Don't ever set foot in this place again. Get out of town. Probably the devil whispered in his ear said, Why don't you just quit? Thank God he didn't quit. You know, if Paul would have quit, I wonder if I'd have been saved. You ever think about it? He was the apostle to the Gentiles. What if he'd have quit? 
we may still be worshiping false gods. We may be bowing down to an idol. We could be Muslims or Buddhist or something else. Hindus. Well, to thank God every day. God saves that rebel. God saves that Pharisee and uh, put the word of God in him. And no matter what they've done to him, no matter what they said about him, no matter how much they run him out of town and beat him, that he just would not quit. He wouldn't quit. You couldn't cause him to quit. And he didn't quit until he was through. His work was finished. He didn't quit till he got through with everything God put him here to do. Think about that. He said, I finished my course. And when they chopped his head off, he had done everything God put him here to do. His ministry was complete. He went to heaven. They stoned him to death, and he went to heaven. The Lord said, you know, it's not over yet. Get on back down there and finish it. Finish it up. God brought him back to life. And he finished the job. But he wouldn't quit. You know why he didn't quit? Because he is in love with Jesus Christ. He was in love with the Lord. He was constrained by the love of Christ. He was motivated by love. And if you're motivated by love, listen, it will make you go when you don't want to go. It'll make you serve God and you don't want to serve him. It'll make you keep going when you want to quit. <laughs> I know. If you're not motivated by love, you'll quit. I have seen, I guess, hundreds over the years who have quit. I've seen greater preachers than I will ever be. read statistics of how many preachers are quitting the ministry it is it's unbelievable they say it isn't worth it it's isn't worth the pressure it isn't worth what it costs they quit church members quit they give up they say I can't fight it any longer I can't handle it no more I want to quit I'm going to stay home read my Bible a little bit at home that don't work folks that just don't work. I'm just going to stay home, read my Bible, do the best I can at home. That just won't work. Say, why won't that work? Because that's not the way God said to do it. That's why it won't work. And if we try to do it our way instead of God's way, it just won't work. But we ought to be motivated by love. Why do I want to quit? Because I love Jesus couple more points. <laughs> if we quit, we lose the brethren's fellowship. The Bible says we know we're passing death into life because we love the brethren. You know how we can know we're saved? It's how you feel about God's people. I've told you before, God's people is my crowd. I just like to come to church. I don't understand why people don't want to come. I come to church because I want to come. I can't imagine doing nothing else. I just like to see you folks. I just like to be around you. And if you quit, you lose the fellowship of the greatest people on earth. I don't want a fellowship with a bunch of thugs and crooks. And, <laughs> I want to be around Christian people, don't you? 
I fit in. I fit in around Christian people. I don't fit in beer joint and the dance halls and and uh, places like that. You know, if I went there, I'd I'd feel out of place. I wouldn't know what to do. I couldn't enjoy it. I don't belong there. I don't fit in there. We don't have anything common. I don't drink liquor. I don't want to drink liquor. I don't have no desire to drink. I don't do the things they do. I don't belong there. I'm a Christian. I want to be around Christian people. Now, if I quit, where am I going? I think a backslider is the most miserable person in the face of God's earth. They don't fit in with the world because they're saved. They don't fit in with Christians because they're backslid. They don't fit in nowhere except maybe some other backsliders. <laughs> but we lose a fellowship of God's people, of Christian people. We lose fellowship with the Lord. We lose fellowship with Christians. Ephesians 5, 11, have no fellowship with unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. 2 Thessalonians 3, 14, if any man obey not that word but this epistle, note that man, have no company with him. They may be ashamed. Now it goes on and said, don't, you know, we're, we're not to treat him as an enemy and we're trying to restore him and all that. But if a man's out of fellowship with God, he can't be in fellowship with us. Brother Thomason read the scripture in 1 John there. We walk in the lies, he is in the light. We have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If I'm walking in the light, if I'm in fellowship with Christ, then I can be in fellowship with you if you're in fellowship with Christ. You see, if you're in fellowship with Christ, we're all in fellowship with Christ, then we can have fellowship one with another. But if I'm out of fellowship with Christ, you're in fellowship with Christ, I can't have any fellowship. I don't fit in, do I? I don't want to quit because I couldn't have fellowship. I lose my fellowship. And then finally, if we quit, we'll be ashamed of the coming of the Lord. I brought this out, preached it this morning, so I'm not going to preach this again. 1 John 2, 28, And now, little children, abide in him, that when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. I don't want to be ashamed when Jesus comes. I'll look in his face, and I have to hang my head in shame because I quit. I look in the face of the one who died for me. I look in the hands of the one who was nailed to a cross. And I have to hang my head in shame because he knows and I know that I quit. I give up. Be ashamed at the coming of the Lord. Occasionally someone asks me to sign the Bible. And I usually, when I do that, I always put this verse. Miss many of you know what it is. Galatians 6, 9. Let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if, if we faint not. You know what God says? God says you will reap if you don't quit. That verse, I'm glad God, you know, if he hadn't put that verse in the Bible, I might have already quit <laughs> He put that in there for me, for no one else. Let us not be weary and well-doing. In due season, we shall reap. If we faint not, he said, if you won't quit, if you won't quit, I'll make it worth your while. I believe that. He writes in Corinthians here, we faint not, we receive mercy. 
He said, right where the man perishes, then the man's renewed day by day. He said, I feel like quitting. I'm tired. I'm wore out. I get tired physically. God don't want me to quit. I don't want to quit for these reasons that I've listed. Why we can't faint or why we can't quit. Let's bow our heads.